You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Today is part three of our current series, Small Changes, Big Difference. In just a few short weeks, on June 26th through the 28th, we're hosting our highlight event of the summer, Family Matters. Beginning at 7 p.m., Family Matters is three great nights with something specific for everyone, including VBS for the kids and fun and prizes in IFC Youth. Be sure to mark your calendars. We look forward to seeing you there. Coming up on July 14th, International Family Church will be joining with hundreds of churches to take part in a nationwide initiative called Serve Day. Serve Day is an annual opportunity for the church to get out of the church and make a difference in the surrounding community. If you're passionate about helping people in the way that can impact their lives forever, we want to encourage you to join us for this special day. You can play an important role in helping others and spreading the love of Jesus in the greater Boston area and beyond. Full info about the various opportunities and how you can get involved will be available at intlfamilychurch.com. Mark your calendars for Serve Day, July 14th, and get ready to make a difference in the lives of those around you. Now enjoy this inspirational message from our pastor. Are you ready for God's Word today? Come on, let's pray. Let's believe God together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this privilege of studying your Word today. Father, we don't approach the reading of your Word or the study of your Word with a whole hum attitude, with a familiar, oh well, kind of attitude. Lord, you bless expectant people. So Father, we come expecting today. If we expect something, we're going to get something. If we don't expect anything, we are just kind of wasting our time today. But Father, we make a demand on heaven today because we believe that you have something to say to us that'll answer a question, that'll give us hope, that'll challenge us, help us be better people for being here today. Lord, we'll be so careful to always give you all the honor, all the glory, all the praise, because you're the only one that's worthy of it all. And all of God's people said... Amen. Again, welcome to week three in our four-part series entitled Small Changes, Big Difference. Small Changes, Big Difference. In week one, we talked about a small change um, is a seed sown. Last week, we talked about connections. Do you know that God doesn't want you to succeed all by yourself? Yeah, take ownership for your destiny, but God never calls you to do it all by yourself. God has God-assigned connections waiting for you to help you fulfill your God-planned destiny. That's right. I, I, I have stood my ground, and I'm responsible for my destiny, but God never, ever asked me to do this all by myself. Look around today. Amen. God will make sure that he'll bring great people in your path. Listen, how you treat those great people determine if they can stay. Now, I would encourage you to go over to the website, intlfamilychurch.com, give you a little tease about that message. Go to the media section. All the messages are there archived. Catch up on the series. I believe it'll be a great blessing to you. Today, I want to talk to you about your words. Ooh, as a groan comes over the audience today, your words. It's going to be good. Amen. You know there are 800,000 English words 800,000 English words. 300,000 of those um, are used for a scientific terms, technical jargon, used by a very narrow group of people uh, that have specific specialties in a certain field of endeavor or discipline. But for the rest of us, that leaves, what, around 500,000 words that we get to pick and choose from which words will become a part of our vocabulary. 500,000 words. Now, for the most part, many of us 
most Americans, most people around the world, they estimate that we have mastered around 10,000 of those words and that we use for data communication 5,000 of those words. 5,000 words out of 800,000 words, 5,000 of those words are what we communicate for a universe of thoughts, ideas, desires, dreams, passions, events, we communicate those words. 5,000, that's it. Now think about 5,000 words and the power of those words. The power of those words, the power to heal or to wound, the power to love or to hate, to criticize or to praise, to encourage or dishearten, to speak truth or to deceive, 5,000 words. My goodness, that puts it in perspective, doesn't it? I'm convinced we don't think enough about our words and how much power they carry. Anybody here ever heard of the gentleman called Antoine Yates? Ring a bell? No? Antoine Yates. Antoine Yates had his 15 minutes in the limelight about several years ago, I believe it was in 2017, wasn't that long ago, that he had his, his 15 minutes in the limelight. Reporters tell us um, that Antoine Yates had to call the EMTs because his pet cat attacked him. Now you might think about his pet cat. His pet cat was named Ming. Ming was a 400-pound Bengal-Siberian mix tiger that he had from a cub in his New York City apartment. Yeah, 400-pound tiger. They had to call the EMTs because of an altercation he had with his pet tiger. Now think about this. I'm, we, we might think, well, I think Mr. Yates needs a little bit more judgment call, what, don't you think? Well, there's a little in piece of information that I left out and didn't tell you about. When the police repelled from the 19th story, while well, he was in the 19th floor, when they repelled from the, the roof of this apartment complex to get into the apartment, the tiger attacked the police officer who was repelling, broke the window. The police officer sedated the tiger to then go into the apartment and find another one of Mr. Yates' pets. Yeah, his name was Al. Al. Al was a five-foot alligator. Yeah, what? I'm not making this stuff up. You can see the video. It's online. Wow, you're thinking, seriously? A 400-pound Bengal Siberian tiger and an alligator five feet tall called Al? Wow. Listen, there are many pets that can be domesticated. There are some pets that they can be trained and controlled with a lot of difficulty. And then there are some other pets that just cannot be tamed. For instance, you're not going to walk down the street and see a trained scorpion on a leash. Good bet you're not going to find that. Most likely, you're never going to go to SeaWorld and see one of those young, smiling biologists in a wetsuit riding on the back of a great white shark. I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so 
at all. But among every living thing, among every active thing, there is one thing that is the most wild, unpredictable, destructive force that's called the human tongue. The human tongue. Now think about that. The human tongue, the Bible tells us, cannot be tamed. That brings us to our big takeaway today. Here's where we're headed. Here's what we want to unpack. Human power and strength alone can never tame the destructive power of the tongue. But when we choose to cooperate with God, it is possible. I've got good news for you this morning. As big as your mouth is, it's possible to tame it. As big as your problem might be, the good news is today, I'm going to give you some strategy today. I'm going to give you some small things you can do to make a big difference in your life. Are you with me? James confirms all this. James 3, 7 through 10. He says this. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. I think we can say a big amen to that, right? This is not right. Right. Now, if you're like me and you've gotten yourself in trouble by the words of your mouth, and some of you are going to be too spiritual to admit that, I get it, but you are in church and we don't lie in church, right? I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but if you're like me, you've gotten yourself in a whole lot of trouble with your mouth. See, little guys talk a lot. How many little guys in the room know exactly what I'm talking about, right? We talk a lot. We know how to slice and dice with our words. And so I learned from a young age to use my mouth. Amen. I ran track, played baseball. I could run real fast. So, so I would use my mouth and run or just have big friends. So I learned from a very young age the power of words, the power to slice and dice. Then I married a woman who knew exactly how to slice and dice. And the two of us did not get along for the first five years of our lives, and we did a lot of slicing and dicing. Words that were not kind, words that really hurt, words that were painful, words that we just, we just out, of, out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth spoke, and man, we got ourselves in a lot of trouble. James says, this is not right. Now, you may be thinking, so what's the point, Pastor? If it's impossible to tame the human tongue, what, what help do I have with my big mouth? Well, I said that we humans cannot tame the human tongue, but the good news is God has a plan. God has a purpose. Amen. After all, he created the tongue. He wrote the owner's manual, and he knows how to get the job done. Isn't that good news today? Let me be clear. Just because James tells us that no person on his own power can tame the tongue does not mean that we don't carry a responsibility for our words. 
We just can't say, oh, well, since I can't tame the tongue, I'm going to let my words fly. Since I can't tame the tongue, I'm going to let it go. Whatever comes out, comes out. Whatever it does, it does. And many people have that attitude. And one day, maybe God might help me tame my tongue. And God, you're going to have to come through because I can't do this myself, thinking that there's nothing I can do about this. The truth is we can and we must cooperate with God in this process. Of course, it's going to take, as we all know, it's going to take time to master this, take time to implement what I'm about to help you with tonight. It's not going to happen overnight. Just like when we were young, it took time for us to grow in the progress and to make progress in our English language or our natural uh, born language. We will have to grow and master it over time. Well, in the book of James, James uses several amazing um, stories, uh, uh, examples, if you will, metaphors to help us understand exactly what all of us are dealing with today, what all of us have a lot of work to do in our lives. And so one of which he talks about here in James chapter 3, I'll read about both of them because we'll read about, we'll talk about both of them. But the first one, specifically in the beginning, Verse 3 of James 3 says, When we put bits in the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships for an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. So I read that and I thought, that's a good challenge. Let me challenge you today to go to the plains of Montana and try your best to corral a, wide, a wild Mustang. Now, it's going to take you quite a while, but once you, once you contain that wild Mustang and you put that bridle over that wild Mustang's uh, face and put that bit between his teeth... I promise you that that wild Mustang's not going to say, wow, this is awesome. Where has this metal thing been all my life? I need this thing. This thing is awesome. This thing is helping me be a really good horse. Guess what? I don't think that's going to be exactly what's going to happen. It's not going to look like that at all, is it? No, in fact, it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets a whole lot better, isn't it? It's going to buck. It's going to scream. He doesn't want that. That's foreign to him. He doesn't want to be tamed. He's a wild animal. He doesn't want to do this. But in a process of time, right, there will be this ability to turn this amazing, beautiful Mustang into a horse that learns how to obey and truly bring great joy into somebody's life over a process of time and training. First comes the bridle, then comes the taming, and it all takes time. My point is when we begin to bridle our tongue, we won't find it instantly tamed. We won't like it. It might get worse before it gets better. We might have more temptation than we can handle. We might have more opportunity to say things about people, right? Because people who use their words usually are pretty quick on their feet. Amen. And we Del Turcos are pretty fast with our words and pretty fast with our examples and, and so forth. And, and, but it's not necessarily going to happen overnight. Amen. It might take some time to bring this under control, but if we can cooperate with God, it is possible. Ultimately, 
It will be the help of the Holy Spirit and the power of God that will fill our hearts so that we can begin to tame our tongue. We'll say more about that in a moment. But for that to happen, we need to learn how to bridle it. Bridle the tongue. Why? Because God will never override our freedom. Amen. Remember our big takeaway, human power and strength can never tame the tongue, this destructive power of the tongue. But when we choose to cooperate with God, it is possible. So how do we do this? How do we become responsible for controlling our tongue? Three simple things that I believe if you'll implement in your life today, it'll produce a big change in your mouth. We can say it this way, um, three things, three pieces that are necessary to have an effective, effective bridle over your tongue. Are you ready? How many want to learn? All right, number one. What's that say? Pause. Pause. That's in the English language, right? Isn't that one of those 800,000 words and maybe one of the 5,000 words that we know? Yeah, pause. The first thing we must do to practice is the ability to Pause. Now, I'm referring to the rare ability to wait to say something for a moment and not and think about what we're about to say. Think about it before we say it. Think about what you're thinking about before you say it, because pausing has enormous effects on our lives. Amen. Let's all pause for a moment. Hear that? Imagine if you learned how to pause. Imagine if you took the time to do exactly what hundreds of us just did in that moment. Oh, I'm not suggesting it's easy to contemplate the effects of what we're about to speak. I have literally put my hands over my mouth physically to not want the words to come out of my mouth. Maybe they didn't at that moment, but at the right moment or the wrong moment, right, it seemed like they eventually came out, and we don't have that saying, hold your tongue for no reason. To pause means to simply not say anything until we have precisely taken the time to think about what we are about to say. I have met some people, and I suspect that they believe that the world will fall out of orbit if they stop talking. <laughs> right? And you want to grab them by the shoulders and say, shut up. You're driving me crazy. Take a breath. Go to sleep. Right? Take a pill, a chill pill. Right? And they probably even talk in their sleep because they don't know how to stop talking. They don't know how to talk and get all these words that are in there somewhere out of their mouth. It's okay to simply pause. Now, what's our motivation for pausing? Here's a good one. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Wow. I bet that's not on your refrigerator. Do <laughs> you know there's only two things that can come out of your mouth? Death or life. Nothing else. There's nothing else to choose from. Either the words that are coming out of your mouth today are full of life, or the words that are coming out of your mouth are full of death. 
If you like to talk, you better be connected to life because there are going to be consequences to reap, right? Good ones. If they're connected to death, well, the same thing applies. If you love to talk your words of death, your words of, of, of diminishing somebody else, and your words of negativity and how bad life is, well, you're going to reap a harvest of that because like it or not, we're either speaking death or we're speaking life. Here's another motivation for us to, to pause. James 1.19, understand this, dear brothers and sisters, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. How many know we have the other way around? We are quick to get angry. We're slow to listen because we don't pause. We're not pausing, so we're not listening. Amen. And there's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth. We're supposed to listen twice as much as we speak. Wow. What a concept. To remove any lingering doubt, whether there is something we can learn to pause before we speak, this verse carries God's uh, housekeeping seal, right, of approval. And let's read this one more verse, Proverbs 21, 23. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. That's worth the price of admission today, amen? And it didn't cost you anything to come to the church today. That's the verse that should be on your mirror. That's the verse that should be on your refrigerator, amen? And you will stay out of trouble. Oh, if I only took that to heart in the first five years of my marriage. 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. This week we're going to about to celebrate 42 years. I think I finally caught on, right? I think we finally caught on, amen, a great verse of Scripture, not just to teach your kids, but you, husband, wife, young adult, young person, individual, teenager, man, what a great verse for us to, to understand. Watch your tongue, keep your mouth. Whose responsibility is that? Yours, mine. Absolutely. It's my responsibility to do what? To learn how to stop and say nothing. Amen. Why? Learning how to pause is not a big deal. It might be a bigger deal for some, but it's a small thing you can do that'll make a big difference. Why? Because it leads to the next step in successfully brighting our tongue. Number two is, number two is ponder. Ponder. Wow. There's essentially four types of people in the world today. Four types. Those who think before they speak. Those who think while they speak. Those who think after they speak. And those who just speak and never think. Wow. Which one are you? Wow. Which one are you? Because you're one of these. Or depending on the circumstances and the right person, you're several of these, right? So which one are you? When they describe you and somebody else describes you, do they describe you as, I just love being around you because you're so thoughtful for your words. You take time to ponder. You take time to consider the value of your words. And that's why I love being around you because I know what comes out of your mouth is going to be so life-giving. Is that how they describe you? Or one of these other three is how they describe you. That man, while you're speaking, you're not listening at all. Because you're thinking while somebody else is talking. And, before, and while, even while you speak, man, you, you, those who think 
while they're speaking. And those who think, man, when it's all done, it's too late now. It got out, right? And the consequences of those words now, forget about it. Or, or maybe you're the type that just speak and you never think and you're always getting yourself in trouble and you're always getting set up and you're always getting let go of your jobs and you're always, friends are always offended and you're always saying you're sorry to people the next day, hopefully. And you're always in that place where people know which one's going to be. Are you going to be the one that thinks first and then speaks or are you going to be the one that just spills all over the place depending upon what mood you're in? Ponder. First, we pause. Then we ponder, and doing these two things then positions us to employ number three. Number three is pray. Pray. Really? Yeah, what I mean by pray is talk to God before those words come out of your mouth. What would happen if we took the time to talk to God before we spoke the words? Wow, that'd be pretty amazing. You took the time to press the pause button. You took the time to ponder and think. And you took the time to say, God, do I really want these words to come out of my mouth? God, help me. I'm angry. I'm upset. I want this text to go out now in all capital letters and every emoji I can think of, right? I want this thing to come out hard and strong. I want them to know exactly how I feel. Do you really want that? Do you really want the harvest that comes from that? Do you really want to put that in an email that forever it exists? Do you really want that? You mean we need to pause, ponder, and ask God, God, there's got to be a way to communicate this. I, I'm really upset, or it's really not fair. They really need to, I really need to, I, I felt like my opinion needs to be heard. Oftentimes, if you'll pray first, God changes your heart first. And those words aren't even necessary because God gives you peace in your heart to say, it's going to be all right. And while you're praying, God is changing the other person's heart. To realize, man, I was sorry I antagonized you like that. I'm sorry I picked on that weakness. I'm sorry that I said what I said. I'm sure it angered you. You see, there's something if we'll just cooperate with God. Amen. We can cooperate with God, and while it's humanly impossible to tame your tongue, it's imperative that we learn to begin the process of bridling our tongue. Pause, ponder, and pray. It makes a big difference in your life. Wow. I made this observation in week one. I want to go back and say it again. Let me amplify this. The great majority of people I come in contact with believe because they have big problems that they need big answers. Now, I understand why people think that way. I understand when you're overwhelmed and emotionally distraught and, and you're angry or you're disappointed or you're, you're devastated in some way uh, and, and, and you don't know how the end is going to be. You're thinking this thing is huge. This thing is getting bigger every day. And maybe you're putting fuel, um, gas on the fire, right, by your words and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you're thinking the only way this could be fixed is I need a big answer. I need a huge breakthrough. I need a, I need a big check. I need a big understanding. I need somebody big to come through and do something big for me. Amen. Ever feel that way? Yeah. Well, James teaches us that that's not true. James 3, 3 and 4 says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. 
Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. James tells us big problems are solved by a small thing called the tongue. The tongue. That small little thing can be your big answer. Amen. You have a big problem. You need to learn how to use this small thing called our tongue in the right way. Two examples that he uses here reveals a whole lot to us. Listen as I close. Bit in the horse's mouth equal our personal internal issues. Rudder on the outside of the ship equal our outward circumstances that are beyond our control. Yeah, every bit of this that you deal with, whether it's inside you or outside you, the tongue still is the answer. Whether you have an attitude issue, whether you have an anger issue, there's something in your heart, there's an there's a, a, a issue about you in your heart as stinking thinking, fears, insecurity, self-doubt, all those are real. Those are very real. Or those are outside things, the economy, the neighborhood, somebody else's choice, somebody, a spouse's choice, a, a, a child's choice, a boss's choice, um, uh, something outside that's beyond your control. It's affecting you, but it's beyond your control. Your tongue can help in both arenas. Amen. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a rodeo. Living in the Northeast all my life, I, I've only been to two rodeos. The last one, not too long ago in Houston, I was at a real bona fide cowboy rodeo. <laughs> totally out of place, didn't have any cowboy boots, didn't have a big 10-gallon hat, and you could probably tell I was not from there. But it was fascinating watching these horses turn on a dime. The barrel racing, calf roping, right? Amazing how these horses, thousands of pounds, 3,000 pound horses, man, that cowboy knew how to stop on a dime, go around that barrel, stop on a dime, lasso that calf, and the horse pulled back. I mean, the, the training was amazing. That horse could stop on a dime. Now, that tells you that the bit inside the horse's mouth is just like your tongue. You can change immediately the course of your internal struggles. Today, right now, you can begin to change the words of your mouth and you can stop those fears and insecurities and rebuild your life. You can do that now. That's within your control. Your tongue can do that for you. Your tongue can change that. My tongue was vital in changing my insecurities. My tongue was vital in changing my self-doubts that I couldn't do this, that I wasn't qualified to be able to be a pastor of an international church and, and I had to change the words in my mouth. And internally, I began to change change and I kept the pressure on. Well, the ship, these aircraft carriers, I was told after the first service, someone who served an aircraft carrier, it would take a whole mile to turn that aircraft carrier around, which took minutes. And it, they, every person on the ship that was needed to turn that ship was necessary. Everybody had to be focused on the eventuality right? That that ship would turn. So just like your words, outside circumstances beyond your control, they might not turn immediately, but they will. You keep the pressure on. 
You keep believing. You keep declaring. You keep saying. You keep doing that. Why? So whether it's internal or external, the good news is today, your words make a difference. Your words make a difference today. Whether it's you changing from the inside out or these external things that are beyond your control, keep the pressure on. I was meditating on the verse we read in James 3, 7, and 8. I'll read it again. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And I'm meditating on that while I know I have a mouth problem. And I'm meditating on that. I said, Lord, help me with this. And here's what I heard in my heart. Your tongue is not your problem. It's not a tongue problem. It's a heart problem. Wow. Man, that changed everything about my strategy. It changed everything about my understanding. What? I don't have a tongue problem? No. I had a heart problem. You know why? Because the heart and the mouth are connected. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will always speak. It might not speak today. It might not speak tomorrow. But when the pressure is on and the person won't shut up and everybody's aggravating you, guess what's going to come out of your mouth? Boop. Question, does mustard come out of a ketchup bottle? Does ketchup come out of a mustard bottle? Absolutely not. When the squeeze is on, if there's ketchup in there, guess what comes out? Ketchup. When, the, when you're in the squish of the squeeze and you're being squeezed for your life, if mustard's inside you, guess what? Mustard comes out. What's in your heart is going to come out. So guess what I started doing? I started paying less attention, not that I didn't have responsibility for my tongue. I spent more attention on what I put in my heart. I spent more attention to make sure that in my heart that made the difference. How do I know that? Last verse for the day, Luke 6.45 says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Wow. There's a direct link between your heart and your tongue. If your heart is right, your tongue will be right. If your heart is wrong, your tongue will be wrong. And don't get caught up on that word evil. I'm not evil. I'm not a rapist. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a thief. I'm not this or I'm not that. Do you know living beneath anything that God provides for you is evil? Living beneath your rights is evil. Living in mediocrity is evil, right? Anything that limits God is evil. He makes it evil. He says it's evil. So don't be thinking, oh, I'm not in prison. I'm not an evil guy. I'm not an evil woman. Well, anything that limits God is evil. That word treasury there means stored up wealth. It's the bank account. I began to realize every day I make a deposit. Every day I'm reading God's word. Every day I'm making my confessions. Every day, I'm declaring the truth. Every day, I'm putting good in because that's what's going to come out. When the squeeze is on, when you squish me, I'm hoping and praying in Jesus' name, good things will come out. No guarantee. I'm still human like you. But I've learned that the more that's in me, amen, when the squeeze is on, guess what's going to come out? God's word, God's plan, amen. You're trying your best to say the right things, but you're not filling up your heart with the right things. 
You're trying with your mental will. You're trying and you work and it works for a little while. But if you don't have something in your heart, you're destined to blow it again. You're destined for your big mouth to open up, insert foot, and you're going to have to say you're sorry all the time. I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, burned the t-shirt. Can anybody relate to this today? I hope this is helping you. Wow, because it's sure helping me. What's in your heart? What's in your heart today? Man, if you know what's in your heart, it's only a matter of time before it's come out of your mouth, and I'd be motivated to say, Lord, I I need to change some stuff in my heart. I need to learn those disciplines. I need to understand your love. I need to put your love in there, your goodness in there, your grace in there, your peace in there, your joy in there, your word on healing, your word on prosperity, your word, because when the squeeze is on, you can have the word of healing and that comes out of your mouth. But if you don't have the word on prosperity, guess what? Lack comes out. We're going to die. We're going to go under. We're going to go bankrupt. Right? But man, when you put the word, the right words on the inside, how about using some of those 10,000 words or 5,000 words or the many words that, that we use and using them for the good and putting them deep inside of our hearts. I promise you, if you'll pause, ponder, and pray and change what's in your heart, there'll be a big difference in your life. Remember our big takeaway where we started? Human power and strength alone can never tame the destructive power of the tongue. But when we choose to cooperate with God, it is possible. Wow. Let's stand to our feet. That was good today. Why don't you raise those hands towards heaven? Thank God for his word today. May we try to make it as simple as possible, as practical as possible. Father, I received that word today. Go ahead and tell him. I received that word today by faith. I needed to hear that. That was good. I can do that, Lord. That's not impossible. I, I, I can make those simple steps. I can do some of those small things. I don't have to live with the consequences of my big mouth. Oh, my, my. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for giving us hope today. We can change. You can help us. And we need to even talk about the power of the Holy Spirit and what He can do in our lives. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Oh, my goodness. Man, it's a whole nother lesson right there, Father. Oh, Jesus, we bless you today. Father, I pray that those of us that have big miles will be motivated today motivated to trust you, motivated to say, man, I got hope that I can dedicate this heart and my mouth to you afresh and anew. Help me to pause, ponder, and pray. Those of us that have issues, it all comes out wrong. I didn't mean it that way. I didn't want to say it that way. Oh, and the frustration. We feel so overwhelmed. Father, help us to focus more on what's inside of our hearts inside of our bank, inside of our depository. When we make fresh deposits every day, every day, every day, every day. So when the squeeze is on, we can say good things.
God, sing it with us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whosoever believes will not perish, they shall have eternal. God, you love us, yeah. For pray for you in a minute with every head bowed please every believer praying with us man God so loved the world God so loves you God's not mad at you today God loves you those of you that know Jesus as your Lord and Savior God bless you today we're excited that Jesus lives inside your heart we're excited that the Spirit of the living God is alive in you helping you assisting you as you cooperate with him Perhaps you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. Perhaps you need to know Him. You've never asked Him. You've never said, Jesus, come into my heart. I need my sins forgiven. I want heaven as my home. I, I, need, I need to be set free today. I need a new beginning. I need a brand new start. Jesus died for you, shed His blood for you, rose again for you, and wants to come live inside of you forgive you from your sins and give you a brand new beginning, a brand new reason for living today. There's no reason to walk out of here today without knowing the sh for sure that heaven is your home, that you're right with God, that your sins are forgiven, and a brand new beginning can be yours today in Jesus' name. You'll say, Pastor, I need Jesus today. Whether you're here in the room or joining us live online today, I need Jesus today. Pray for me, Pastor. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high so I can pray for you? I'm not going to embarrass you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else today? Raise it up high. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Good for you. Yes, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Over there in the back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I just want you to acknowledge, I need Jesus, Pastor. I need my sins forgiven. And that's the first step to any breakthrough is acknowledgement of your need. Acknowledgement that I, I need something. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Who else? Anybody else at all before we pray? God bless you today. If you know Jesus, it's been a while since you've been at church. It's been a while since you've talked to God. It's okay. His arms are still wide open to you. Just turn around and come back to the Father today. It's just that simple. Make a decision in your heart. Lord, forgive me. I need you, Jesus. I, I, I can't do this without you. And just make an about face in your heart and your attitude and come back to Jesus today because he sure loves you. He wants a relationship with you today. Let's all pray this prayer together. Join us online as we pray this prayer. Pastor Josh will come in just a moment to close the service. So please, no one moving around. I also want to pray for our 13 young adults who are going on a mission trip, leaving Saturday to Ecuador, Quito, Ecuador. 
So second time that we're going to be with the Bacchus, amazing missionaries that we love and support. So be praying for these 13 young adults who are going to be a, a life-changing event. They're going to be a great blessing to others in Ecuador, and I'm sure they're going to come back extremely changed by being in on a mission trip. Uh, a mission trip transformed my life, brought me back to God in a very backward place that I was in in my relationship with God. Everyone should go on a mission trip. Everyone. From the youngest to the oldest. It'll change your life forever. Come on, let's pray together. Father, first of all, we pray for those that are on their way to Ecuador. We believe for them, Father God. We ask you to protect them, watch over them. They leave under the covering of International Family Church. They're going to be a blessing, but we know their lives will be altered themselves. We thank you, Father God, for the Bacchus and the work that's being done down there. May we be a blessing. May we come alongside to help what they do in a greater measure as we see many lives change. We believe for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Now let's all pray this prayer together. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me from my sin. I need you. Change me from the inside out. I declare you as my Lord, my Savior. I will serve you all the days of my life. I love you. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to part three of our current series, Small Changes, Big Difference. If you've enjoyed today's message, consider subscribing, rating, and sharing it with a friend. To find out more information about what's happening at International Family Church, please visit intlfamilychurch.com.